This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, August 2nd, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. Getting rid of immigration and customs enforcement may be a good idea, but doing so requires shrinking federal authority. So says Alex Narasta, an immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. He discusses how he would shrink and or eliminate the agency. It has long been a uh, conservative, uh, I guess, bugaboo to get rid of the Department of Education. And you sort of draw a parallel between a lot of groups that are trying to get rid of uh, immigration and customs inform in uh, customs enforcement or the abolish ICE people. And uh, the parallel that you draw is that, well, it's not clear that any of these people have actually thought through what that actually means for law and uh, the federal role, legitimate or otherwise in engaging in these kinds of practices. So uh, on the issue of ICE, is there anyone who is actively supporting ending this agency who's really provided a, a detailed analysis of how you would actually go about dismantling this agency and the underlying authorities? I haven't seen anybody who's attempted to do both except for myself. <laughs> it's 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 a complicated issue because uh, ICE is a large part of the Department of Homeland Security, and it has a role in deporting illegal immigrants of all types, either you know peaceful people who just broke immigration laws or people who are serious criminals. But the main problem is that just abolishing ICE does not remove the underlying laws that allow the federal government to deport people whose only offense is breaking immigration laws. So abolishing ICE by itself but keeping the power there in the government will guarantee that that power will just eventually transfer to another government agency. And so I don't think it will have accomplished what its proponents want it to. Okay. So um, in your analysis, what do you think uh, should be the powers that go away if not to abolish the agency uh, to reduce its authority to uh, engage in the kinds of policing that it does and why? The main power that I'd like to see ICE lose is the power to remove people who are of, uh, zero criminal convictions or any allegations of crimes that they have committed at all. There are two main portions of ICE. The first is called enforcement and removal operations. The second is homeland security investigations. Um, ERO, which is the first one, most of the people that they arrest and deport are not uh, criminals. They either are for they're arrested for non-criminal offenses or uh, victimless crimes. HSI, on the other hand, Homeland Security Investigations, they go after entirely uh, gang members, people convicted of violent and property crimes, people members of uh, trans uh, national criminal organizations. So. HSI is probably the thing we want to keep around, the agency we want to keep around. ERO is the one that I think we want to get rid of because every single dollar or hour of an agent's time spent on identifying, tracking down, and removing uh, illegal immigrants who don't have any kind of actual criminal history or one that we should be concerned about uh, is a dollar is. Uh, an equivalent amount of resources that should have been spent on identifying people who should be removed. Then what you're proposing is just a much smaller agency that could be absorbed into some other 
uh, part of the of either Department of Homeland Security or somewhere else in the federal government. I'm proposing a, a much smaller ICE that is devoted entirely to removing threats uh, to national security, um, threats who are individuals who are criminals, those with serious communicable diseases, and it's and focusing 100% of their efforts on them, while removing the portions of ICE that are most objectionable. When the government does uh, surveys or when they talk to local police departments or state agencies, um, those agencies dislike working with ERO quite a bit because ERO targets people in their jurisdictions who they don't consider to be threats. Um, But they do like working with HSI because HSI targets people who commit real crimes in their jurisdictions. So I think removing ERO would not just improve the reputation of ICE, uh, but improve its ability to work with police in the United States to remove people who I think uh, virtually everybody thinks should be removed while not focusing any federal immigration enforcement efforts on people who are not violent and property threats. All right. So, uh, you know, I heard on NPR recently a discussion about Germany and uh, dealing with people who have crossed into Germany without proper permission. And uh, given Germany's history, some people there are very concerned about creating an agency like ICE. Uh, and one of the concerns specifically expressed uh, was the idea that if you have an agency that is devoted to this full time, what does that do to their minds? What does that do to their souls? So what do we know about how well ICE does its job and how well they treat people Uh, among whom they're supposed to police. There are a large number of allegations recently of sexual abuse against ICE agents um, that have come out just in the shadow of this child migrant um, crisis and separation of children on the border. Um, We also know, though, that uh, ICE does not have the worst reputation amongst uh, federal law enforcement agencies for people, for bureaucrats being fired for disciplinary performance reasons, um, but it is uh, above average. It's basically the third worst um, if you take a look at it with Border Patrol being the number one and then the Bureau of Prisons uh, following uh, and and then the Bureau of Prisons. Uh, So ICE has a pretty poor reputation in terms of that. And and by the way, that measurement of being fired for performance and disciplinary reasons, that's inside of the federal government through which it's already very, very difficult to get fired uh, normally. So we know that ICE agents, um, there there are some problems in that agency, but it's not the worst in the federal government. Uh, But your question, I think, also gets to to a sort of a a different debate that Friedrich Hayek brought out about why is it that governments behave so poorly so frequently. And he argued that the worst rise to the top inside of government agencies, that they have – that the sort of the worst people, the people who are most willing to ignore human rights – or um, you know, skirt the line or break the law are the ones who are going to have the most advancement inside of these places. Um, uh, the other argument is just the, um, uh, the flip side of that is that people who already have no interest in those types of concepts of uh, human rights or individual liberty or following the law as it's written are the ones who would already be attracted to join these agencies in the first place. Uh, so I, I think you can definitely see some of that occurring or that has occurred in U.S. immigration enforcement agencies. And uh, the Germans should definitely uh, take note of that if they decide to go forward and create their own form of ICE. All right. So uh, politically, the idea of abolishing ICE 
Um, you know, given the fact that, as you, as you note, people, a lot of people really haven't thought through what that actually means in terms of underlying authorities, the notion of abolish ICE seems almost purely symbolic, at least at this point, uh, because it, there isn't, doesn't seem to be this consideration of, well, what authorities do we want uh, any agency to retain? That's absolutely right. Uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts said recently that, quote, the president's deeply immoral actions have made it obvious we need to rebuild our immigration system from top to bottom, starting by replacing ICE with something that reflects our morality and that works. I'm not sure what she means by that. As long as there is an immigration agency, as long as there are harsh restrictions on immigration in the United States, there are going to be illegal immigrants here in the United States, and there will likely be some kind of government agency devoted to identifying them specifically and removing them um, from the United States. So what works in that system, uh, what her idea of what works is, is not really thought out well. I don't hear much of that discussion from activists. I would love to hear more about what they think. But it's hard to imagine reforming ICE without reforming the rest of the immigration system, without allowing more legal immigration, without, say, removing a lot of the criminal offenses in the immigration system that exist, without uh, streamlining it to allow more people to become legal so they don't have to worry about enforcement in the first place. Um, but that doesn't seem to be part of the conversation now. And that might just be because this is quite an emotional time in U.S. politics. The opposition party, the Democrats, uh, seem to be doing well in the uh, polling, at least, for the upcoming primary elections. So maybe they don't have to think through this right now. They're going to do that when they take power. How freely do uh, defenders of ICE and defenders of a highly restrictionist immigration system, how freely do they admit that there are significant trade-offs with respect to civil liberties for Americans, for U.S. citizens, and uh, having uh, a high, this highly restrictionist immigration policy like the president would like to impose fully? I've never seen or read an immigration restrictionist admit that there are some civil liberty concerns with immigration and customs enforcement. The operating assumption is that only immigrants are affected by this type of enforcement and that native-born Americans or American citizens are not. We know based on evidence from Travis County in Texas that a decent percentage of people detained by ICE in violation of ICE rules and in violation of federal government law are American citizens. And I've never heard any restrictionists come to terms with that or come to grips with that. Alex Narasta is an immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>